Hello, welcome to the Mountains, Lattes, and Technology podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with my great friend Snigda to learn more about the UX interviewing process. Again, it's an important part of user experience research. So let's just start. What is UX research? How is it different from normal research? Um. So hey, everybody. <laughs> uh, if you're listening, or if it's just us, or any, it's crickets. Um, I'm just, I'm a beginner in UX research, so please take everything with a, with a grain of salt. Okay. So that disclaimer is out of the way. Um, I think user research in my opinion is when you empathize with the users, I think that's, you know, it's in the design like process, uh, which is like the standard design process, you know, like empathize, iterate, blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember the steps because I'm so focused on empathizing. Um, so yeah, it's it's when you empathize, when you talk to people, when you try to understand what you're making for like your target audience and what they want and what their personalities are like. And it's like the heart of the product, mm. you know? Okay. Yeah. So it's the heart of the experience that you're trying to build. So that's that is user research and it is really, really important for any policy or any service or any product that you're creating. So that's my yeah, that's what I think. So why is. is it important? Why should like if, if any like for me, if I'm creating a project, why should I care about having um, user experience research? So for example, you're trying to create a better user experience for your um, consumers, right? And if you don't know what they like and what they don't like and what their experiences were previously, you will not be able to create a better user experience. So you will not be able to accomplish your goal, basically. So in order to like accomplish your goal, you need to understand and empathize <laughs> that's going to yeah. be a key word by the way mm -hmm. with the with the with your user and and understand where they're coming from and genuinely try to make this a better experience for them so you need to talk to them and connect with them mm -hmm. you know yeah i see that um so what are some so we know the what we know what user experience research is right we know mm -hmm. the why, why it's valuable. It's a, it's it's crucial to creating an experience, um, which actually and does. Also, occur. I would like to add that from a yeah. business point of view, like why you user research is important because you are going to invest so many resources in creating a product. If you're not, if you don't know, you know who you're doing it for, and if you're not employing the right techniques and the right features it will be a um, waste of resources and you know like the 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 I, i'm i'm no expert when it comes to like business and stuff but mm -hmm. yeah the business model will basically fail without user research that, that makes sense like some people would say oh i cannot afford ux research you would say you could say you cannot afford to not have user experience research exactly. right? um, yeah. because it, it could be really so expensive need... to design an entire tool right an entire application right. that does not address the user's needs right so this yeah and, and almost like insurance like you ensure that what exactly. you're doing exactly. is valuable it's like a prenup okay that's bad <laughs> no what i'm saying is um 
and and user research doesn't end there you know once you it's all about iteration so once you put your product out there you can come back and see how they responded to it you know you can do usability testing and then you can better your product so user research will always be a very integral part of of building the product and it's so important mm -hmm. so yeah so for somebody who wants to do user user experience research themselves they've never done it before right mm. what are some methods they can employ today um so what if someone wants to try ux research they have a project right and they right. heard your explanation right of, of the value it can bring and they're on board right right they just want to get started how can they get started um i okay so i think if you know NN Group, um, they have this video, Niels and Norman, they have this video which basically tells you which which uh, research method to employ where. So mm -hmm. in my six months of limited experience, I know that there's qualitative, quantitative, and mixed methods, user research. So you need to find out what kind of methodology fits where. So you need to understand the goals of your research. So what are you trying to do? Are you trying to test an interface or are you trying to understand the pain points? If you're, if you, and are you trying to understand, are, are the questions descriptive? Then you go for user interviews or do you want basic like statistics and data? Then you go for surveys. So there are so many, um, uh, so you need to analyze what your end goals are and you need to employ the methodologies accordingly so you start there you start with defining what you would like to get in the research yeah. you start at yeah. the end research, almost yeah. like what is the ideal end right you start at mm -hmm. the end mm -hmm. and then you determine uh qualitative quantitative or mix right yeah, is, is yeah. That where you... i mean that's in my limited knowledge mm -hmm. I, there might be so many other things um so yeah okay mm -hmm. So if you decide to go the route of quantitative, how, meaning a survey, right? Most of the time, how, yes. what are some methods that people can use to first create a survey? Yeah. And, and then distribute that survey to people. We can start with creating the survey. Okay. How do they do that? Um, <clears throat> so for, for, I, I worked for you, I worked with you on Serenidad and I created a survey there. Um, so I think I'm just going to use this example because in, in, so you mentioned that this is what you want to understand from the research. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I brainstormed and created questions based on what you want to get out of the research. So there's this method that I'm employing um, a lot uh, these days, and it's interpretive and descriptive coding. Mm. So it's thematic analysis. So what I'm doing is this is uh, this I learned this from the NN Group uh, video. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm doing is, for example, if you want to understand what digital applications are being used. By, by these consumers. So um, you won't tell me that directly. You didn't give me the questions. The project brief was not 
you didn't give me those questions. Mm-hmm. You just told me what you wanted to understand. So based on that, I derived those questions and yeah, basically just covering all the bases and creating a survey. And what I'm trying to do also is when they are taking the survey, since you can't talk to them interview style, mm-hmm. you need to be very, um, they can quit the survey, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Like now that we're talking about it, this is what I'm realizing. In the survey, they can just close the, like click the uh, close button and then that's it. In in, in an interview, they can't do that. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll have to say it before the interview, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe they can say, like, I'm not comfortable and everything, but the likelihood is very low. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very persuasive in order to get there, get the answers from them. So you need to structure your survey in that conversationalist type of um, you know, conversation, basically. You have to structure that in, in mm. that way. So framing the questions, talking to the user, um, yeah, I think, you know, like just being really, I think you should get the basics right. Don't mm-hmm. try to embellish too much. You know, you're just having a conversation, trying to understand what it is they're going through, mm-hmm. you know. And surveys can help when you want, you don't have a lot of time, but you want the results and you want to reach out to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So um, I recruited my participants through like friends friends of friends um slack groups um all of these things i think on discord or slack uh, there are specific channels when you can where you can recruit participants for your survey so mm-hmm. they help each other like ux researchers help each other so mm-hmm. it's like oh i did a survey for you you can do a survey for me um <laughs> something like that but it it really helps if you have a wide network for sure so Okay. I didn't have that, so I did the other way. <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand how it can be difficult if you don't have a wide network. Exactly. Um, yeah. For incentivizing people to take the survey, is there anything that you as like the interviewer can offer people to participate in your survey? Um, <laughs> I've never really thought about the incentive, and that's a that's a really good observation that's really important because what are they getting out of it but every time i think what i have tried to do is tell them how they're making an impact Mm. i think that matters a lot so since in terms of incentive i think i haven't really figured that out yet i have to explore that but Every time I have, when I did my first case study, it was a mental health case study. And I told them that they're making an impact. Uh, First of all, their identities will be anonymous. Mm -hmm. And then they're making an impact by contributing to something that might one day possibly Mm -hmm. become an application that will help people. Mm -hmm. So um, I think everybody wants to, so this is sucks obviously like completely volunteer based survey Mm -hmm. you're not forcing anybody so if someone's volunteering i'm just trying to get into the psychology of the person who's Mm -hmm. taking the survey if someone's volunteering that means they want to do some good some good so if Mm -hmm. we show them how what they're doing 
you know like mm. how how are they helping us i think that's a that's a pretty good enough incentive mm. so that's cool I, like I, i agree with that like i think in most cases you can convince somebody to yeah. if they're doing something good to take part in the survey i wonder if it would be valuable to after they've taken the survey months along the line send them and an show email, them the progress right yeah like show them the results of the research almost um depending on the organization you work with maybe they like that maybe they don't right but to to be able to like you said that you've worked with you've interviewed uh researchers right a researcher mm-hmm. would find it really cool if three months from then you sent them like the research report or something or even yeah. a month or a week or two you know i was actually exactly going to say that uh before you said that i was going to say that you know if you show the progress and okay so this is what you've helped and this mm-hmm. is what you helped us accomplish i think that is a really it's like a full circle thing to witness it's like okay i yeah i made mm-hmm. an impact so that's a good idea as well so yeah mm-hmm. as far as in- incentives are concerned i think some surveys um these are the free ones i think some mm-hmm. surveys are paid also mm-hmm. so people get paid for that so that's obviously money incentive so there yeah. you go i think for surveys I, i i'm not sure how much sense that makes unless you go on like a platform which does paid surveys like i think some of those exist where you pay so little um for people to fill out I, your survey um, i know i like there was a time when i was like a teenager and i was like maybe Oh that makes me sound so old doesn't it I'm only 26 people um no one's listening <laughs> anyway um what i'm saying is i remember um um trying these surveys as like side hustles i tried once i was like mm-hmm. make maybe i can just like click 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 and make money off of it it's just so stupid it's yeah <laughs> and they yeah. pay so lo- low less <laughs> but still you know like if you compare um okay let's talk about this survey based on goodwill mm. versus survey that pays very less what would you choose uh probably based on goodwill but if it was paying more though like if it was like a five dollar survey a, a sig- wow okay that i think would be good like that would be a good <laughs> but a 25 cent survey uh... what the hell no that's not <laughs> enough to cover the goodwill yeah it's yeah 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 okay mm-hmm. i think for interviews paying makes more sense because i think it takes more time more time more, more effort yeah and you need less people right mm. so if you were to give you know ten dollars to five people that's fifty dollars you know yeah whereas if you get Do five you, people okay, to fill another, out a survey you know, another not... thing to consider mm-hmm. i love how we're like brainstorming on this because Another thing to consider, do you think people will give better answers if they're paid? Do you think paying them will better? Better as in more honest, maybe they will care about the answers they give instead of just like uh have an interview blah blah blah. Do you think paying mm-hmm. someone changes the intent of it? I'm sorry if I'm like really getting no. into like the No, you're good. Um I think it depends on how much they're being paid because I'm sure there's like a point like imagine if somebody was like okay it will be like 
$500 or something to go and we'll conduct this research on you. Yeah. And you go somewhere, right? That would be crazy. Like, in my mind, the whole time I would be thinking, what is going on? Why do they want me to do this? Right? Like, if it's that case, I think people do act differently. But if it's a small amount, I think people just think, okay, well, this person just needs research the same way they would think if it was free. Okay, this person just needs research. It's not, it's not like a big deal. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, just something that popped yeah. into my head. So I asked, yeah, okay. No, that's true. Though. I, I, I don't know. Like, I really don't know the answer. Um, yeah, it's debatable, though. I but think you it's, get different it's, people. You get different people to do your interview, right? If it's paid versus if it's free. Do you get we, more people if it's paid? I, I think you get See, more there are people, so many... but you get different people, right? Mm. I think. There are so many, like, angles to this. It's just crazy like mm -hmm. if you put money into the equation so many things change and it's yeah yeah mm -hmm. anyway okay okay so you're creating creating questions right mm. um you were you were talking about how they should go about creating the questions um right do, do you want to say more about that um um I mean, I've done like some pretty basic question answer thingies. I um, I just don't, okay. So creating questions are not entirely easy because you, you need to like cover so many bases. You can't, you can't just be like, okay, I missed the question here or there and you need to. <laughs> You can take an interview again. It's that's not how it's done. So you need to cover all those things. So I mean, yeah, I don't have anything to, else to add. It's just like define your end goals properly so that you can cover all the bases and you can ask the questions and keep the questions conversation style and you know. So um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And also. Um, no, that will be for user interviews. This is we're talking about surveys, so that's okay. Yeah. I've actually someone took a user interview from. I mean, someone actually interviewed me, and it was pretty question answer sort of. Uh, it was not a conversation, mm -hmm. so it's so important to keep that going when someone's reading too. It's like you're talking to someone, and you need to keep that tone in the survey. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So again, like user experience is so intuitive. Like think about the user experience of the survey. Mm. You know, you can UX the survey basically. Yeah. Um, That's cool. I, yeah. I can see that for sure. Okay. So you've, you've sent out the survey. People have taken it. Now what do you do? You have all this data. What's next? Okay. Um, so what I did was, I mean, for Serenidad, what I did was, um, I actually took those insights and the data analysis part comes here. So you have to, I'm getting better at it. I'm actually going to take a course on data anal analysis and yeah, just coding and everything. So you have to visualize the data and 
if you're doing it on Google Forms or something, um, th there are pre-made charts for, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of questions. But for the questions that you want to quantify and you can't because mm -hmm. are, they are descriptive, mm -hmm. you need to have a way to, this is just coming from a research perspective because I'm not talking from a data analysis perspective because I'm not a data analyst mm -hmm. yet. So you have to visualize the data so that when you're presenting the research, it's just easy and intuitive so that the mm -hmm. you can actually gain insights from it. So once you present the data, now you make recommendations mm -hmm. or that that's the, this is the key part where you make recommendations and like, okay, this can be done here. This is according to the survey. Some people feel this way. So maybe since, so what you take is, this is the goal that you need to work on, right? That was given to you. This is the brief. This is your finding. So according to the survey, this is the finding. But since our goal is this, we can, you know, model this feature accordingly. So mm. you need to keep the bigger picture in mind. You need to see what you what the results you've gotten, and you need to make recommendations for it. Every question, every feature. Mm -hmm. So you also need to understand. You need to talk to the people who are creating the product, maybe UX designers, whoever, and see what they're trying to create and actually talk to them and like brainstorm with them so that's the mm -hmm. crucial part because that's when you decide the features and everything else so based on the metrics so okay. yeah so and and then if you were to go that other route if you were to decide to go the qualitative route the um I, the interview route um yes i i suppose i suppose it's a similar process of finding people for your interview right um mm creating interview questions, does that differ in any way? I think, mm, oh, you know what? I've never really compared the two. Mm. Um, the experience is definitely different. It's not like blocks of questions you're asking. It's <laughs> flow and it's like, it's again, it's a conversation and what happens here is because there's another person involved and they're talking to you, mm -hmm. the questions will not go as planned. Mm -hmm. you, you have to go back and forth and you have to, what do you call, uh, improvise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't get to improvise in the surveys, right? Because the questions are there and they get to answer. Here, depending on the body language and body language and the tone and everything else you analyze that this is more this is more relevant from a behavioral perspective so you look at them mm -hmm. and how they're responding are they comfortable are they not should you move on to another topic should you mm -hmm. or do you want to iterate so all these things so you need to analyze those so all these because there's a person sitting mm -hmm. next across from you so you it's the whole lens changes mm -hmm. so it's so different okay. so i'm still learning though but that's what i've seen it's different obviously but mm -hmm. the questions i think yeah so the questions you need to improvise and you will be good at improvising if you know what your end goals are if you don't know if you all are mm -hmm. going through like a script or something 
then it's not good mm-hmm. because you need to know the end goals so you can frame the questions, rephrase the questions. So it's so important to. Nice. I, yeah. I, I can totally see that. Do you, w- would you recommend transcribing an interview? I do. Definitely, do? I do. Okay. Um, I will tell you. Um, one second. Um, I will tell you the transcribing, how it helped me, mm-hmm. right? So I remember I was not. So this was at Hack for LA, where I volunteer as a UX researcher. I remember not being there for um, an interview. Um, actually like you know sorry but let me rephrase that i remember not um yeah someone actually took the interview instead of me i was mm-hmm. sick and mm-hmm. someone else did that what i asked them to do was i asked them to turn on the transcripts mm-hmm. so that i can actually see what was going on and i can actually just um derive some insights from it so Transcription is really helpful when sometimes it's just for like a reference. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you don't, if you're not sure about what's going on, it's still there on in a written format. So you can go mm-hmm. back and you can, um, yeah, that's, that's the, that's probably the use. And it helps when you're like documenting um, research for sure. If you want to get like user quotes, I think definitely that's that's really helpful. So yeah, it's just like a reference. Um, someone did the interview instead of me. They did not do it like I would have done it. Obviously, they did it mm-hmm. in their own style. I didn't like it. I looked at the transcript and I derived insights from it because they did not ask a lot of questions, but I still wanted the insights. So I had mm-hmm. to like scour through the transcript. So it, it's like an emergency you know, backup transcription. Nice. Sorry nice. for the long answer. No, like no, no, I appreciate it. I, it. It's valuable. So you mentioned quotes um, and that that can be something you can gain from transcribing. You can you can easily pull quotes. For empathy maps, I know there's a section um, where it says like, what it, well, let, let's go over empathy maps. Um, yeah. There, there are four parts, right? And the user is at the center. There's what does the user think, do, say, um, and think, right? Think, do, say. I've never really created, um, I've never, um, I've done like user journey maps and I've done a lot of personas. Um, and I've done, yeah, I think user journey so I think it's debatable again, like what is the difference between an empathy map and, and a user journey map? So empathy map is, I think, like something like storyboarding. Storyboarding is in a visual format and empathy mapping is, you know, yeah. So mm-hmm. says, thinks, does. Mm-hmm. Um, I Feels. combine them. Feels yeah. is the fourth one, by the way. Right. Sorry, yeah. you were saying you combine... Um, yeah, I combined um, empathy map into a user journey map. I don't know how valid that was, but I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the it it was during the different. For example, this yeah, this is what I did during my case study, my my mental health case study, when a user was 
trying out a new feature? What did they think? What was their experience? What are the touch points? All of those things. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that that's what I did. But again, nothing is valid until you do a usability test. Mm -hmm. This is all our user research is very heavily based on hypothesis and assumptions and biases until you test against mm -hmm. them. So mm -hmm. it is so important to test. Um, mm -hmm. See, so it's never linear. Yeah. So I, we went from emphasizing to testing yeah. like in, in like, yeah, one go. So you can mm -hmm. come back from testing to empathizing. So I can't, I don't understand if, if someone follows a linear process because it's never linear. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I never understood that until I actually like went through the process um, as part of the Google UX course, how valuable going back to step one was, right? It, it's like a loop. Oh started with empathizing, understand what I like, try to find what the user's pain points were, ideate possible solutions, make that prototype, test that prototype, then go right back to empathize and go back through all those steps, right? And yeah. it, it allows for the product to continually get better at each little step, you know, it, it grows. Um, yeah. It's super satisfying, yeah. super satisfying. I know, yeah. Is, Much yeah. of the change, like if people were to like, oh, I'm going to update the software that I'm making or something, a lot of it could be meaningless, right? But if yeah. you actually follow the design process, the changes you make will be meaningful. And you know that because of the, you know, the what you were able to collect in your testing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So again, we, we went from empathizing to testing. And then I think testing is a form of empathizing. Mm -hmm. It's not that black and white. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking at testing and you are basically trying to empathize what they're, what they're doing and, you know, mm -hmm. where, you know, how they're responding to our interface. So that is a form of empathizing. It's not like, you know, you're done with empathizing and now you're doing testing. It's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. Um, like, and we're always ideating, right? Like, I mean, we're always coming up with ideas. Yeah. Um, and the prototype it's always in a work it's always in work you know it's for always sure, a work in progress sure. it's it, it's never over so it's yeah. always a work in progress um for example i i did a um i, I finished a research plan for the internship program which is the project i'm working on at hack for la it's done and over with, but it's not done and over with. Yeah. So I'm doing another one. I'm, I'm revising it for uh, when we get for for when we get the interns next summer. So nice. so that I need to make the experience better. So I need to do research again. So yeah, that's what I that's what we awesome. meant by. Yeah, yeah and, and that, that's the great thing about like anyone who is lucky enough to do what we do. It, it it's so satisfying. The, constant yeah. improvement it's yeah. so clear it's undeniable almost you know and it, it's very satisfying yeah okay. well I, I i really enjoyed talking with you about uh, user research i learned a lot um and yeah i'm definitely going to reference this whenever i have a <laughs> i love talking to you too as always um i'm sorry if it was not like completely expert about it because i'm not an expert i'm a beginner i'm such a beginner i'm still learning 
but it was nice to talk about something that I love doing. So cool. And if yeah. anyone happens to listen to this and wants to like um, either they're also a student or they're looking for someone to do uh, user research for them, is there a way they can get in contact with you? Um, They can get in. I mean, right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> God, I don't have I'm not super great at branding right now. I'm still trying to build my That's brand. Okay. But my name is Nigda mm -hmm. and you know Tom. So if you <laughs> need to, you know Thomas. So if you if you yeah. ever want to like get in touch, ask Thomas, and he cool. like he knows how to reach me the quickest way. Cool. So. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Just ask me, and I'll get you in contact. All right. Um. Thank you so much. It was lots of fun. All right. Yep. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Crickets. <laughs> <laughs>